Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning. It's the shake of the day, baby. Bob and Joe with you as we've got chores to do on a Wednesday morning at Wax got uh, some temperatures that are a whole lot different we've been talking about the last week or so and uh, i think more enjoyable for both man and beast so again weather's getting uh, a little bit more like it should be in september the 90s are gone and it looks like the 70s and even 60s are upon us we'll take a look at the Crop progress report, uh, you didn't get any rain down your way at the Welke Land and Cattle Company overnight. I, I haven't looked at the radar, but I don't think there's much out there right now. I did not get any rain. It was dry as I couldn't be as I drove out the driveway. Yeah, we need some rain around here, and we'll look at the forecast. There is, keep your fingers crossed, some in the forecast. So we'll look at that. We'll look at the crops. We'll also hear about... Oh, big uh, orchard out in Montana. Our Pam Yonke recently took a farm tour out that way, and uh, she talked to some folks, young folks, that got started at an orchard. We'll hear from uh, Brad Matson on our Provision Partners Co-op program this morning. we got to catch up with Dan Undersander, too. We used to hear him on Monday in our alfalfa update, but we'll catch up with that later on today. we got a lot of chores to do this morning. On Wax 104.5 here on the Farm Show. Glad to have you along. Bob and Jill with us as uh, we've got some of the final numbers for the Minnesota State Fair, which wrapped up on Monday. Also got uh, verification, as Jill told us. The milk is now $2 a glass for all you can drink. Used to be a quarter. 
Jason Young verified that. He said the Minnesota State Fair does still have all-you-can-drink milk, but it's $2 a glass now. He says, I do remember getting it for a quarter back a few years ago. So, again, the price of milk is going up everywhere, but except in the milk check for the farmers. But, uh, anyway, Jill, they did have a pretty good attendance in spite of the heat. They did. They had $1.8 million total. Monday they had 119000 and I know on Sunday night they did release the animals after 11 o'clock. So it was so hot. It was so hot. So they had about 7,000 more than they had last year. All right. So uh, what, they'd have gone over 2 million, haven't they? Yeah, in 2019 they had 2.1 million people come. That's their record. All right. And uh, Wisconsin's still trying to get that high. Wisconsin is... Uh, Less than the Minnesota State Fair, but again, still uh, good attendance at the fairs this year. And Minnesota, to be commended, that hot weather, they drew a lot of people. It was warm, that is for sure. Also, as we said, coming up, we're going to talk about uh, the alfalfa product that we're still uh, trying to make. Or should we wait a while now till frost? Dan Understand is going to join us to talk about that as we go along this morning. As we said, uh, Brad Matson is going to join us as an update on the crops as he sees it with his week of unbelievably hot weather and no rain. And is there rain in the forecast? We're going to take a look at that, too, coming up on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Here, look at our Skywarn 13 weather this morning, brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Remember, there's new 2023 Subaru Ascents now available at Chipwell at ChilsonMotors.com. So weather again, brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. And it's a better forecast. Chance of rain in the forecast today. How big a chance, we're not sure. But that's more than we've had the last few days, that's for sure. 74 the high today, down to 50. You turn the air conditioner off, by the way. 55 is going to be the overnight low tonight. Tomorrow, 67 and cloudy. Friday, the sun returns 74. Partly cloudy on Saturday, 79. Then it looks like another chance of rain Sunday, Monday into Tuesday. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. It's 72 degrees right now. Wednesday morning at Wax. Keep your fingers crossed. There is rain over in central Wisconsin. So some parts of the listening area seeing some rain this morning. And good for you. Hopefully everybody does before it's over. 74, the forecast high, about a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire News Time. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The former chairman of the Proud Boys is going to spend more than two decades behind bars. Brian Shook reports. Enrique Tarrio and three other leaders of the far-right group were found guilty of seditious conspiracy earlier this year. On Tuesday, a judge sentenced Tarrio to 22 years in jail, the longest sentence handed down related to the 2021 U.S. Capitol riot. The judge approved a terrorism enhancement for Tarrio's sentence. Prosecutors had asked for Tarrio to be sentenced to 33 years in prison. I'm Brian Shook. President Biden has awarded the Medal of Honor to an Army helicopter pilot for his actions during the Vietnam War. He'd flown more than 2,000 combat missions, and he received a Silver Star, a Bronze Star, two Distinguished Flying Crosses, and 43 Air Medals. While speaking from the White House, the president detailed how retired Army Captain Larry Taylor carried out a daring rescue of a small patrol of U.S. soldiers who were surrounded by the enemy. Biden said Taylor did everything to answer the call of duty. President Biden will start wearing a mask again after the first lady tested positive for COVID-19. 
White House said Biden will mask up indoors and has tested negative. The press secretary said First Lady Jill Biden has mild symptoms and will remain in Delaware for the week as she recovers. Narcan will be available over-the-counter starting this week at major retailers like Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and Rite Aid. The nasal spray can be used to help people suffering from an opioid overdose and requires no training to use. A box contains two doses and sells for $45. And another major hurricane is likely forming in the Atlantic Ocean. The National Hurricane Center says a tropical depression strengthened into Tropical Storm Lee on Tuesday, packing winds of roughly 45 miles per hour. It's forecast to become a major hurricane later this week before reaching Category 4 status by Saturday. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Five minutes after five on the weather forecast, chance of rain in the forecast. Some folks in our listening area have already seen some overnight and into early this morning over to the east and the northeast. Good for you. 74 the high today, 55 tonight. Tomorrow on Thursday, cloudy 67. Friday, the sun returns in 74. Then clouding up, chances of rain over the weekend. Saturday, 79 and partly cloudy. Sunday, about 74. Monday, 69. Both days, there's a chance of rain in the forecast. So, again, some much-needed rain. It's at least in the forecast. That's a start. It's not on the ground yet, but it's in the forecast. Rice Lake right now, 67. Medford at 69. Wausau, 73. Marshfield, 69. La Crosse, 73. Madison Sun Prairie, also 73. Green Bay at 76. Milwaukee, 75. Although those temperatures are starting to cool down, when we got here, it was 72. Right now in Eau Claire, it's 69 degrees. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's check the numbers. The markets reopened yesterday following the long Labor Day weekend. And we've got some cash livestock numbers to update you. Where are we at, Jill? Choice fed beef steers are 175 to 191 with mixed at 130 to 174. Choice fed beef heifers are 175 to 191 with mixed at 137 to 174. Choice fed Holstein steers are 160 to 172 with select and silage fed steers 119 to 159. Cows are 80 to 109 with a top of 138. Bulls are 114 to 125. Butcher hogs are 44 to 89 with sows at 42 to 49 and boars at 20 to 23 and a half. New crop market lambs are 171 to 219. Feeder lambs are 50 to $2. Ewes are 55 to 135. Small goats are 10 to 135. Medium goats are 75 to $275. Large goats are 200 to $500. And nanny goats are 35 to $375. And at the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, livestock futures were mixed. October live cattle closed 179.95. That was down 20 cents. December cattle 184.15. That was down 2 cents. February 188.47 up 15. And April up a dime at 192.47. Feeder cattle, September down 47, closing at 251.37. October, 254.30, that's down 35. November, 256.20, down 17. January feeder cattle up 27 at 255.70. And March, up 27 at 257.12. Lean hog carcass contracts, they were mixed as well. Near months were higher. October, 83.17, up 12. December, 75.07, up 47. February hogs, 78.85, that was down 17 in April, 
at 84.20. That closed down 27. Board of Trade was mixed yesterday in the trade. Beans were lower. Corn narrowly higher on Russia not agreeing to a new Black Sea grain deal. And also there's some concern about the condition of the crop. We'll take a look at that here in a little while. But overnight, December corn, a fraction lower at 485. The oats up four cents. December at 491. Wheat up two cents at 601. November soybeans up seven cents overnight to 1372. December meal up 220 a ton at 399.80. Barrel cheese down a quarter of a cent, 186 and three quarters. Blocks unchanged, 195. Butter up a nickel at 271. September class three down seven eighteen fifty four October down four eighteen eighty eight November class three up two cents at eighteen sixty one December up eleven at eighteen fifty five and January was unchanged at eighteen forty one so that's the way the markets look courtesy of rural mutual insurance it's ten and a half minutes after five o'clock on this Wednesday morning it's time for our provision partners program. I've got Brad Matson. He's lead agronomist for ProVision Partners. Now we keep talking about the drought and the crops. What about that corn silage? Is a bunch of it being taken off already? Yeah, Jill, it's uh, with this heat over the weekend and uh, and uh, the dryness. It's kind of pushed the crop over the edge, and uh, a lot of choppers are rolling. We're seeing in the lower 60s uh, on moistures. Tonnages are down not terrible yet but they are definitely down so you're going to want to keep it keep an eye on the on that uh, moisture if you're harvesting corn silage we do have a little rain in the forecast but that's not going to probably help in a whole lot now other than the areas that's had rain and, and keep things going the other big thing probably we're going to have to remember we're finishing up forest crop now is getting some fertilizer on that and getting that crop you know ready for the winter uh, so we can prevent winter kill. We've taken off pretty good yields of hay this year, so it's uh, going to be important to manage that as we move into uh, this fall and into the next year. I'm going to swing you back to the corn and the corn silage. With the dry and the heat, even if we get some rain, it's not going to really slow down its maturity, is it? No, at this point, because a lot of the, uh, once you get into the fields, it's kind of brown up to a, a lot of it that I've seen here is uh, brown right up to the ear, so it's, it's about done. It's not going to add anything to it. If the ear is still green, you know, then it's going to still add test weight and it's going to, you know, be more of a normal maturity. But if it's brown up to the ear, it's going to dry down extremely fast, and that's where you're going to have to be very careful with it. Don't get, get away on you and get too dry. And you did mention our alfalfa stands and our hay fields. What are some of the things that we should be doing this fall to have a strong first crop next year? Well, the big thing is, you know, wrapping up, forest cutting here. Uh, this first week of September, we really don't want to go any later than this. Um, making sure that we uh, uh, get enough potash out there so we can fill up the roots with the starch uh, so they're better apt to uh, uh, overwinter. And that also gives you a big head start on first crop the next year. So uh, those are probably the two critical things, you know. If you haven't taken it off, you better take it off real quick and then, you know, give us give us some time to uh, mature out and build up those root reserves as we're moving into fall. Is there any concern about fertilizing and putting what an alfalfa plant needs to be growing strong the next year in combination with the dry and hard ground? No, once you get some rain, we're, we're bound to get some. We've got a little bit in the forecast here again, and 
once it gets into the ground, it, it's readily uptaken by the plant. So we'll be in good shape. It just suits you have to be, you know, make sure it's out there before we get these uh, fall rains that should be coming in. And do we have any updates on our soybeans out there? Well, like we said, a lot of plants have died because of uh, white mold has been really rampant around the region. And uh, so we've got that to contend with. We've got the dry weather. So a lot of the beans are shutting down or or I saw some parts of the fields today that are done already. So it's, uh, it is what it is at this point in time. So some parts of the fields are going to yield pretty decent. Some are, are going to be less than stellar. And, uh, you know, starting to think about big thing is the white mold. If you've got it, how do we manage it for next year? So there's some seed treatments. There's some fungicide applications that we can do, some culture practices. Let's start getting a game plan how to avoid uh, or minimize the white mold impact as much as possible. And I was out on a drive on Sunday, I guess, and it looked like they had gone out and sprayed in a soybean field. Could be insects or some reports of, um, of um, spider mites and uh, and also Japanese beetles, so it could be uh, trying to control some insects. White mold, there's not a whole lot we can do once we're infected like this. We have to be ahead of it, so I doubt very much that it was for... Um, white mold per se. Still walking out in those fields, Brad Matson, lead agronomist with ProVision Partners for our Wednesday morning ProVision Partners program. And I'm Jill Welke from Wax 104.5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hi, thanks Brad and Jill. It's always uh, good to hear from Brad and how things are going in the fields. This hot weather uh, causing some concern. Well, we had a big farm auction, one of those uh, online auctions of a lot of farmland in western Wisconsin, and we'll give you some of the numbers and how that went as we're about 16 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock. Farm News Next on Wax. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we're at 69 degrees now, cooling off a little bit. High today is only going to be 74 with a chance of rain. Hopefully that will happen. Well, did the Welke the Land and Cattle Company get any bigger with some of the uh, land sales that went on here a week or two ago? It did not. All right, well, somebody did. <laughs> Tell us about that story. While Western Wisconsin farmland did get a little more expensive the past few weeks, that's because a venture capital company, Fall Line Capital, co-owned by Iowa Farmer, auctioned off almost 7,500 acres of land they owned in Barron, Dunn, Polk, Chippewa, Marathon, and Clark counties. The 7,428 acres brought $46.2 million or an average of $6,121 an acre. The highest priced parcel was in Barron County, where 249 acres of ground averaged $10,682 an acre. Bidders included two institutional-type investors who bought, oops, I missed a line, with another 1,769-acre parcel, bringing $7,233 an acre. Winning bidders included two institutional-type investors who bought about half the land on the sale, while the other 17 high bidders were a mix of farmers and local businessmen. Eight of the major bidders were from out of state. And we're going to talk more about those land prices. They may be solid, but net farm income this year isn't following that trend. New forecasts from the USDA show farm income will fall almost 23% this year. 
That number is 400, that number is $141.3 billion down 41.7 billion from last year's record high net farm income of $183 billion. Cash receipts are expected to be down over 4% to $513.6 billion, but farm expenses will be up about 7% to $458 billion. Also figuring into the equation are lower government farm payments, down about 19% to $2.9 billion in 2023. Crop receipts are expected to fall almost 4%, with corn receipts totaling $8.5 billion, down almost 10%, with soybean receipts down almost 9% to $5.4 billion. Big numbers, but uh, unfortunately, the uh, debit side is a bigger number than the uh, input side. So again, there we go, looking at some big, big numbers. We're also going to look at, uh, well, an orchard, some young people getting involved out there in Montana. And we'll hear about all that next right here on WAX. Keeping it rural, WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. You know, if you're in your 20s these days, there's probably not a lot of people that are looking to get into farming. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. But I'll tell you what, on our recent farm tour to Big Sky Country in Montana, I met Maddie and Zach Jones. That's a brother-sister team that decided their careers are going to be in agriculture. With the help of their parents, they purchased 80 acres of land in Big Fork, Montana. That's just outside of Glacier National Park, where they're growing hops, apples, as well as cherries. I asked Maddie to explain a little bit more about the passion that drove her and her brother to get into this business and what the journey's been like so far. So my family is not originally from Montana. I grew up in northwestern Wyoming. Um, And when I was a little girl, my dad decided to to get us a cabin up in Montana on Flathead Lake, somewhere he had visited with his grandfather growing up. And he wanted to be able to spend the whole summer up in Montana. So he decided to to buy a cherry orchard. And we started off with about 10 acres. Um, It was my brother and I's summer job for as long as I can remember. And after college, we decided that, that we wanted to, to do it full time. We had grown our cherry orchard at that point. So when my brother and I decided we wanted to do it full time, we had about 20 acres of cherries. And we decided that it would be fun as something to do full time. We wanted to be able to live in Montana. We wanted to have our career. We wanted to start families in Montana. So that's where how we got up here. Um, we also thought that it would be smart to kind of yeah, diversify and start some other crops. And that's how we got into that. The hops, um, hops uses a lot of the same technology and a lot of the same equipment that we used in the cherry orchards, um, narrow tractors, air blast sprayers, all that sort of stuff. So hops was an easy choice. It's also not something that is sold in the fresh market. So we could, um, process the hops, pelletize them, package them and sell them directly to our customers. I'm really interested in marketing and sales. I'm a people person. I I wanted to work directly with our customers. And so I finally was able to do that when we got into the hops because we were, we were selling directly to them. And I like beer, right? So everybody likes to drink a little beer. And that, that's my job, so that's fun. Um, and then the apples kind of came up when we you know had a little bit more land that we wanted to make sure that we were utilizing. And um, we 
were introduced to some folks over at Northwest uh, Mobile Juicing Company and they needed more fruit and they needed more juice and we had the land to do that. So that's how we got into the apples. Interesting, interesting. Now this is a very unique area. First, help people understand why this area of Montana works out well for cherries and specifically the kind of cherries you guys grow. Absolutely. So we're a very moderate climate up here because of Flathead Lake. It is definitely... You know, similarly to where you guys are all located with the Great Lakes, it we have lake effect. Even though it's not as big of a lake, it still makes our winters warmer and our summers cooler. So we're able to, to grow things and grow fruit that really isn't able to be grown anywhere else in Montana. Montana cherries are a very unique product. You really can't even grow them two or three miles away from the lake. Like it really is very specific to this area um, and has become a very famous product because of that. But it's also brought with it some unique uh, challenges. When we were coming to your operation, I saw it seemed like everybody had a roadside stand with their version of the best cherries. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Um, we actually don't have a roadside stand, but that is something that, that comes up a lot. There's a lot of small orchards. Not. I guess I'll start with the fact that not many folks grow cherries around here as their full-time job. A lot of people have either inherited land that had a cherry orchard on it or put in a cherry orchard in order to gain agricultural status on their property. Um, so there are a lot of small farmers who, you know, are fighting for, fighting for a small piece of the pie, fighting for a little bit of the market. And there are a lot of tourists in the area who, you know, stop by roadside stands, but, but not that many. We really don't have a big metropolitan area anywhere nearby that brings agritourism to us. Um, Glacier Park is close by, Whitefish is close by, obviously Flathead Lake is right there. So these are all things that draw in tourists, but not ter too terribly many. Right. Um, Tell me about that agriculture land classification. Yeah. That is turned into both a benefit and a bane. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, in I guess in all states maybe, um, in Montana, if you have a certain number of cherry trees and you're making a certain amount of money off of those cherry trees, you can get ag status on your property. And this significantly reduces the taxes that you owe. Um, you do have to take care of that orchard. You know, you have to make sure that it's the pests are being managed. You have to make sure there's a fence that is protecting it from deer and other pests. You have to make sure that it's getting watered and you have to make sure that it's getting pruned. And many of the landowners that have these orchards aren't interested in taking those actions and making sure that those things happen. So they have to hire someone to take care of that, which is a, a business opportunity that my, my dad and my brother and I saw. And we have been able to be successful taking care of these tax orchards is how we refer to them but it is definitely something that is a struggle because there there are a lot of them there they do need to get taken care of and a lot of the folks who have them really aren't familiar with all the work that goes into maintaining them right right like you said now kind of a side service business for you your brother and your dad yeah and uh pivoting a little bit more towards the mainframe mainstay the hops tell me a little bit about the varieties that you're growing and there's a lot of people in Wisconsin, as you can imagine with our heritage, <laughs> that know of hops or grow hops or work with hops. Tell them a little bit about your foray into that. Absolutely. So we are growing six different varieties. We have saws, 
uh, Triumph, Bitter Gold, and Cashmere. And then we actually grow two varieties that were bred in Michigan, uh, Mackinac and Copper. Mm -hmm. It's actually Michigan Copper. I mm -hmm. always leave that part out. It's a little <laughs> long. <laughs> um, we chose the R6 varieties just um, to try and have a diverse group of options for the brewers that we work with. Um, there's some that are really good for IPAs, some that are good for pale ales, some that are good for pilsners. We wanted to have diversity so that our brewers would want to yeah. use all six of them yeah. and not feel like they were, you know, cornered into making right. one specific style of beer. Um, you know, I, I think as a small hop grower, it's really important to have options. Mm -hmm. I can't necessarily compete with the big hop growers who are selling yeah. big yeah. contracts to Anheuser-Busch or Budweiser. Mm -hmm but I can supply your local yeah. brewery down the street with right. different varieties to make sure that they can, you know, fulfill their creative projects mm -hmm. in making different, different varieties, or sorry, different styles of beer. And again, that's Maddie Jones out in Montana, an example of people going into business, but they checked out their markets ahead of time. Who wants to buy the hops that we grow? They went to small breweries, found them, apples, cherries, the whole thing. Great tour that uh, Pam had out there. And by the way, next uh, August, we'll be doing that, going out to some national parks and visiting some of those places as well. So, again, excited to think about doing that. That's uh, not till next August, so we've got a year away from that. All right, thanks, Pam. With uh, Maddie Jones out there in um, Big Sky Orchard in Montana. We're not going to the Big Sky. We're going to over Premier Livestock next. That's just over in Withy. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's catch up on the markets because we're back in business following Labor Day. Rocky Olson joins us from Premier over in beautiful downtown Lublin. And you didn't get wet overnight either, huh? Unfortunately not. So we'll hold out some uh, hope that maybe this afternoon there's another chance. So Supposed to be coming through the next couple of days, but the way it is, we don't guarantee anything. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm like say looking at the radar last night. Look like uh, look like some people got it. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, so at least, uh, some. at least some people are getting it. So. Yeah, some, but not enough. That's for sure. Well, we got back to work yesterday after Labor Day. How did it go? Uh, thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This is yesterday's auction shaped up big, big day yesterday. Uh, obviously, no sale on Monday, and uh, kind of combine that, we sold 1,600 head of livestock yesterday. Fed cattle stayed traded steady to strong. High choice and prime Holstein steers 155 to 168. Choice beef steers and heifers up to a dollar 78. Market cows steady. High yielding cows from 105 to 126. Other cows 85 to 104. Market bulls high yielding from a dollar 10 to a dollar 28. Organic market cows sold mostly from 120. 20 to 164. Newborn Holstein bull calves uh, continue very strong, mostly from 150 to 360 per head on the Holsteins. Your beef cross calves from 300 to 640. Holstein heifer calves up to 120. Uh, we also had our feeder cattle auction yesterday. We're selling over 500 head of feeder cattle. Uh, most of those new crop beef calves traded from $2 to 310 per 
quarter pound, the heavier yearlings from a dollar seventy to two fifty. Most of the Holstein steers from a dollar forty to two oh eight. We sold bred beef cows yesterday. Uh, most of the bread cows sold from twelve fifty to two thousand. We've seen the top on the bread cows at twenty three hundred. Uh, most of the cow calf pairs were being split. Uh, obviously, bringing the most money that way from eighteen hundred to twenty eight fifty. Last Friday, guys, we had a top-notch herd of 420 dairy cows. Very good quality herd, but sold unbelievably high. Uh, we sold 420 dairy cows and bred heifers and straight through. I mean, that was the good ones, and that was the ones that had blemishes in there as well. Uh, they averaged $2,200 on 420 dairy cows. The top fresh cows brought 2700 all the way up to 3100 We had all the heifers bred from five to eight months and they averaged 2400 thanks to the schmidt family for choosing premier to sell their excellent herd uh today wednesday we're going to sell dairy cattle again at 11 o'clock a.m uh lots of groups of top-notch young fancy fresh cows for the sale today including 20 fresh heifers uh from one of the best herds in the state of minnesota lots of other nice groups of fresh cows so several of them being registered uh we also have a short notice organic herd dispersal uh there's 55 Jersey dairy cows and heifers certified organic. Questions, call us 715-229-2500. Full details on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. And, Bob, that's how it's shaped up. All right, busy place over there at Premier Livestock, so leave the windows open. Maybe that'll make it rain. You bet. Sounds good. All right, we'll talk to you in the morning. Thank you. There he goes. That's Rocky over at Premier Livestock in Withy. Well, if we leave the windows open, will it rain? Let's find out. Christensen Sales of Abbotsford bringing us our weather. Skywarn 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria is with us. Who got lucky overnight, Mike? Northern counties, for sure. All right. They so, got uh, they got a good bit of rain, and they got a light show, courtesy of Mother Nature. Oh, boy. Now, far, how far north? Barron County north or way up in Douglas County? Where are you talking? Way up towards Ashland, Douglas yeah. counties, and okay. then into the Upper Peninsula. Those were the spots that uh, seemed to get the heaviest rain. So is that, the, is that the action, or is there still a possibility more? There's a possibility of more. I wouldn't really count on it, though, uh, being that we'll have some cloud cover hanging around through the afternoon. And temperatures, which are starting off very mild this morning, will actually continue to dip a bit, hanging around the mid-60s for most of the afternoon with that chance of a scattered shower from time to time. Tonight, we'll have a mostly cloudy sky dipping to the mid-50s, still breezy through the overnight as well. Tomorrow, still holding on to cloud cover, but staying dry as we climb to the upper 60s once again. Friday, Saturday, we see the return of sunshine, mid to upper 70s for both of those days. And then Sunday, a few more clouds start to roll back in, and we'll keep our temperatures in the lower 70s, some upper 60s. We'll have a few chances at some scattered showers, maybe a rumble or two of thunder, but most of these look pretty tame. And then Tuesday, we'll see the uh, return of a little bit of sunshine and temperatures back into the mid to upper 60s, which is where we're starting off the morning, 69 degrees right now with an overcast sky. Well, I'll tell you, later on today, I'm going to get the convertible out. I'm going to drive around and tempt Mother Nature because I <laughs> never put the top up. The top doesn't go up until October, so if I get wet, I get wet. You know what? I think that's actually a good idea because if you tempt her enough, maybe she'll bite on it and bring us some of that much-needed rain. I think you might be onto something there, Bob. Well, if it does, I'll take the credit. <laughs> I'll give you the credit on that. <laughs> See you later. You bet. Have a good one. Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 taking a look at our weather on wax. Agriculture. 
It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. What else is going on around the area? Let's go to the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us. Good morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning, guys. How'd your garden turn out? You uh, raised a few things in the garden in this dry weather. Did you run all your water quota on the garden? Okay, fair is fair. Uh, Alex has more to do with the garden than I do. He does most. Oh, really? Yeah, he actually does most of the work. But the thing that I've noticed is he likes to go down there and plant, and then he likes to say, when is someone going to go pick those tomatoes? Like, <laughs> you're going to go down and pick those tomatoes. You planted those tomatoes, buddy. Well, well at least he doesn't say, when is somebody going to go pull the weeds? <laughs> I'd rather true. pick tomatoes than weeds. He has a lot of success with the weeds. Good for He's him. He's got a green thumb when it comes to the weeds. Oh, boy, I know it. Don't ever doesn't everybody that's for sure i'll but. tell you something though this is probably something you didn't do so he was getting our garden ready and now yep. he planted a bunch of flowers for me this year too but we had these buds come up and he wasn't sure what they were but they were growing and he's and he wanted to take them away because we had a heck of a problem with rabbits and deer this year mm-hmm. so he took them and meticulously carried them out and planted them and had them all set aside and fenced them and turns out stinkweed <laughs> So there we go. He, he took all that effort and replanted stinkweed. I told him to keep it down there. I didn't need a bouquet in my house. Oh, man, oh, man. Well, you live and learn. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a growth opportunity for Alex this year. You're right. I should have gotten a special vase just there. for my stinkweed bouquet, right? There you go. Yeah. yeah. Put them in the newsroom there. I think that's what 10 years is in a, in a relationship. Absolutely. You know, you have China, you have silver, and then you have stinkweed. <laughs> well... Stinkweed aside, what's going on? We have plenty of headlines to harvest. They grow all the time, of course, and we begin this morning locally. And here's what we're learning as we approach the bench. Good morning. We know it's prison time for an Eau Claire drug dealer who sold fentanyl that killed another man. A judge yesterday sentenced Trenton Wick for 20 years in prison. Investigators say Wick sold a man what he claimed to be heroin, and that man then sold drugs to a third man who overdosed. The victim found dead in a car in Eau Claire in December of 2020. Wick will spend 10 years on parole once he served time. Meanwhile, it was a closed-door meeting for the, uh, well, a better part of three hours last night, and Eau Claire's county administrator will keep a job. County board met behind those closed doors to talk about Administrator Catherine Schaff's future. She, of course, faced criticism for how she handled the investigation into the county's human services department. County supervisors voted, and after that meeting, they decided to take no further action on Schaff's future at this point. At the Capitol level, Madison police continue to search through surveillance video after a UW student was physically and sexually assaulted over the weekend. She's now in critical condition, expected to survive the attack as police found her between West Wilson and Bedford Streets and believe a stranger attacked the woman. They're now investigating and upping patrols following that assault. And a lot of hunters have, uh, well, getting back into the woods out on the brain. Those temps certainly make it feel a little more like the fall season will return. And, in fact, today, hunting season begins for bear hunters across the state. DNR says bear hunting season now underway. There are three zones where hunters are allowed to use dogs in three zones where they are not. And the hunting season runs through October 10th. And we'll take a quick little road trip. Maybe you saw this on socials. Not very often you get to say that there's one of a kind on planet Earth, but a rare baby giraffe born at an East Tennessee Zoo, believed to be the only giraffe without spots alive in the entire world right now. Uh, she's still very laid back. I'm curious about everything, checking everything out every day. And they did pick a name. The winner, after putting it up to vote, Kipiki. Fittingly, it means unique in Swahili. And when it comes to unique, we have that back in the barn. We better go visit Bob Bosel, Joe Wilkie, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5.
I have enough trouble with Jill and Morgan. I don't need Swahili <laughs> over the hill. No, but trust me, I know what kind of names get thrown around around here. I don't need to know. <laughs> oh, they sure it's do. Not, it's not what they call you. It's what you answer to. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, go throw it around to somebody else. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> it's a date. All right. There goes Morgan McCarthy on Wax, taking a look at some of the news this morning. And uh, we've got more news to take a look at and markets. It's all coming up on Wax. And we've got more farm news to take a look at before we get into our markets. And, uh, Jill, these prices aren't getting any better, are they? They are not. And our state farmers are seeing lower prices for their crops this year. And in July, the average corn price across the state was $6.16 a bushel, down $0.09 from June and $0.63 below last July. Soybeans average fourteen seventy a bushel, fifty cents less than a year ago. Oat prices were also down to three dollars and sixty two cents a bushel in July. That's fifty nine cents less than June and a dollar forty four under July's oat price. Under last July's oat price. And low water levels in major shipping channels are causing some delays in getting goods to market. Oh that supply chain. Along the Mississippi River, shallow water is causing barge freight prices to go up and force shippers to lighten the loads on those barges. Barge freight rates in St. Louis are up 42% from last year and up 85% over the past three years. Reports out of Panama also say barges and ships going through the Panama Canal are backed up because of low water levels. But we'll still be on our ship next March going through the Panama Canal. <laughs> we'll... They'll maybe go on a diet and lose some weight so they can lighten the load on our ship. But we're going through the Panama Canal. Don't forget, that's part of our Costa Rica-Panama farm tour coming up next March. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We'll take a complete look at the uh, crop progress report for this week. But we can tell you here in Wisconsin, as far as the corn is concerned, uh, down 5% in the good to excellent category, 54% this week. Soybeans down 4%. Also, most of the oats harvested. Some of the winter wheat planted. Potato harvest, that's well underway as well. We'll update that tomorrow and take a more in-depth look at the progress being made in the crops around Wisconsin. Every one of them could use some moisture. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 10 minutes before 6 o'clock, 69 degrees out there, and we need to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. Choice dairy cross steers and efforts $1.50 to $1.72. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.63 to $1.70 with a top of $1.72. Choice Holstein steers $1.50 to $1.62. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $1.49 and down. Top 20% of the cow cows sold from $1.03 to $1.16 with a top of $1.18. 60% of the cows sold from $76 to $1.02. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from $75 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.35 to $1.63. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.34 and down. Cold bulls sold from $1 to $1.20. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $200 to $380 per head. Light and pork quality calves sold from $200 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $275 to $645 per head. 
Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, September 8th, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get to the markets over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald and the gang had to go to work yesterday over there at Stratford. Good morning, Jer. Well, good morning to you, Bob. The gang had to go to work. I had other stuff going on, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get... Well, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get that clarified, but uh, yeah, kind of uh, holidays do kind of push everything together into one sale, so that's the way it goes. So, well, I'm sure it was busy. Tell us how it went. Yeah, it was very busy, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Tuesday here at Equity Stratford. Uh, first of all, we'll start with the organic market. We sell organic cows every Tuesday. High yielding certified organic cows in yesterday's auction were selling from 150 to 160. Now we'll get back to the conventional type animals. Uh, again, a big run of cow cows yesterday. High yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows yesterday's auction selling from a dollar to a dollar twenty six. Most of the cows yesterday uh, selling between eighty and a dollar. Thinner cows like carcass cows. Those are about 75 and below. Bull trade, your better quality bulls selling mostly from uh, 112 to 120. Lighter bulls 108 and below. And a lot of calves again yesterday. Big run of calves. A fully steady market. A strong market. Uh, 92, 130 pound Holstein bull calves. 150 to 350. Holstein bull calves yesterday topped at 380. Heifer calves are not as strong as a week previous. So selling mostly from 50 to 100 yesterday. Good quality beef calves Again, very, very strong. 300 to 600, 605 top on the Black Angus calves yesterday's sale. And uh, we are at Wednesday already. Doesn't seem like it, but we are. We are at Wednesday already, so a full marketing day here at Stratford. We'll get on the way this morning. Market auction today. Of course, we'll be selling cows, uh, fed cattle today, of course, and uh, sheep, uh, sheep, hog, and goats, uh, baby calves. 12.30 feeder sale today. And, again, tomorrow, auction does start at 11 o'clock for marketing day, of course, tomorrow. Uh, market auction with baby calves. Just want a reminder, next dairy cattle sale here in Stratford will be next week on the 12th. We do have a real nice herd dispersal, 70 head of organic dairy cows. Good components on these cows. Uh, uh, pictures on our website of the cows, some of the better cows, and also the information. So just uh, check on that, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page, and you'll be there again. That dairy sale will be next Tuesday at 11 o'clock here at Equity Stratford. So, and then a week from uh, there, 19th, we will uh, do have another complete herd dispersal. So, you know, folks looking for some dairy cattle, next couple of uh, Tuesdays, we'll have them here at Stratford. So, Bob, with that, turn it back to you. And, uh, well, I uh, kind of stayed up last night. The brewers were doing real well there. And, man, I thought, and I think the wheels were going to roll off. But <laughs> Well, they got through it. That's the main thing. Just win, baby. That's all you got to do now is just win. I don't care how ugly it is. And hopefully, because the Cubs aren't backing off, that's for sure. Hey, yep. you have a good one. We'll talk to you in the morning. Okay, and uh, well, uh, one thing though, if you take your car out to get uh, go through a car wash, I'd recommend putting the top up for that though. No, I washed it in the driveway myself on Sunday, so we're good to go. Okay, all right, we'll talk to you and Jill tomorrow morning, Bob. We'll be here, Jerry Fitzgerald over at Stratford. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The market brought to you by Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland. Yesterday, beans were lower. Corn was narrowly higher. Russia not agreeing to a new Black Sea grain deal. And also, we're looking at the crop conditions, putting maybe a little little bottom under corn, but uh, not uh, moving much. 
December corn, while it was uh, down yesterday, did go down a little bit overnight to fraction 485. Oats up four overnight at 491. December wheat up two at 601. November beans up seven, 1372. And soybean meal for December up 220 a ton at 399.80. And at the country elevators today. Northside Elevator, Loyal Location, corn's at 497 with soybeans at 1303. In Arcadia, corn's at 484 with soybeans at 1305. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville location, corn's at 486 with beans at 1303. On the DTN screen, corn and golden plum 475 today at Baldwin, Mondova and Elmwood 460 on the corn 1297 on the beans, Duran's 460. Their beans at 1287. Fall Creek has beans at 1287. The corn is 450. At Osseo, 470 on the corn, 1297 on the beans. Elk Mound, corn 487. Beans 1310. At Sparta, no number for corn, but 1295 on the beans. Ellsworth, 440 and 1282 at the ethanol plants. Boyceville corn 510. Stanley, $5 a bushel. New Richmond, 485. Barrel cheese down a quarter of a cent, 186 and three quarters. Blocks unchanged, a dollar ninety-five. Butter up a nickel at two seventy one. September class three down seven eighteen fifty four. October down four at eighteen eighty eight. November up two at eighteen sixty one. December up eleven eighteen fifty five. And January unchanged eighteen forty one. Chance of rain today. Keep your fingers crossed. Keep them all crossed because I don't see a lot of rain out there. But it's in the forecast. Good luck for you. Seventy four. The high today at sixty nine. Right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.